You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. I mean, the biggest thing you can do is build a build a uh, build like powerful relationships. Like to me, um, there's really no getting around your network being your net worth. And I think sometimes people look at influencers as the people they need to connect with. And like some of the most influential people that have helped me get these things off the ground that I'm doing today, they ain't influences on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. Like, yo, find key people at companies, send emails and talk to them. Say, hey, can I get you online for a 15 minute chat on Zoom or a phone call? Um, I got some questions. I would love, you know, for your answer. Is everybody going to say yes? No. <laughs> Most people are going to say no, but... You know, it's just like sales. Sales is a probability game. You know, if you send 100 emails, maybe 50 will respond. And then maybe 20 would actually get you on the phone. And then maybe five would actually say yes uh, to whatever you have or whatever request you may have. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Power of Why. My name is Naomi Haile. And today I am here with the incredible Anthony Frazier. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long time. Long time coming, like you said. So um, I'm happy to be here. I'm a fan of your podcast. I always see you posting it. You always got like the best graphics. So (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, It has been a long time coming. And part of the reason was because I really admire you. I really admire the work that you do. And for people who produce a lot of content or are brought on to different shows, like the work that you're doing with ABF Created is highlighted in so many different ways. And I get nervous, you know, with conversations of with people like you, because there's a level of, I don't want to ask the same questions that have are, that you've already <laughs> talked about, right? So um, for the audience, uh, Anthony Frazier grew up in Newark, New Jersey, and Anthony is currently the CEO and founder of ABF Creative, which is a data-driven podcasting production company that leverages machine learning technology to reach very specific audiences. And what really drew me in about ABF Creative and the work that, that this team of storytellers are doing is that they're really focused on creating like multicultural content, original narrative, and live podcasts. Anthony will talk a little bit about the wide ranging topics, but a couple of them are like Through Her Eyes, which is an intimate podcast um, conversation that highlights and shares the stories of mothers who have lost, you know, their sons to gun violence all the way to African folktales, which is like a children's fun creative podcast. Um, He's worked with the likes of Ben and Jerry's, Audible, Essence Magazine, BET, and more. And Anthony started a couple companies in tech and in the gaming space. So I really hope that we can get some flashbacks a little bit. Um, (laughs) And last year in 2021, Anthony's company won a Webby Award, which is huge. So congratulations. Anthony is also the founder I mean, sorry, the author of Don't Dumb Down Your Greatness, which is an incredible book that he wrote in 2016. It's a young entrepreneur's guide to thinking and being great. And so Anthony, thanks again for being here. I'd, I'd love for you to get us started by telling us a little bit about your origin story and kind of mm. what led you to, to where you are today. Oh, wow. Um, depends on where you start. I mean, uh, you know, as far as storytelling is concerned, you know, since ABF Creative is a big part of my life now, what brought me to this point was really my passion for film. You know, I always had a passion for film and television. 
um, when I went to school, I went to Essex County College, which is in, which is in Newark, New Jersey, um, because, you know, in school, I didn't really have, you know, the best grades, so I couldn't really go to the best school. So my, my best bet was to go to a county college and hopefully do good enough there to transfer to a, a larger, more prestigious film school. Uh, but my, my film was major. Well, my major was film um, and, and storytelling. And that's really where I started. Um, I eventually left school to jump into the tech industry, had a video game site called The Coalition that blew up, um, ended yeah. up getting an internship at a, at a tech startup and, you know, just spent about 10 10 plus years in the tech industry, just moving and shaking, doing, launching different businesses. And how I ended up at, you know, starting ABF Creative is really just, I took on an entrepreneur residence position at Newark Venture Partners, which is a VC firm um, based here in Newark, New Jersey, which is started by the CEO of Audible. So Audible's yeah. like right up, right upstairs, like where I'm sitting right now, Audible's right upstairs. And so being as close to all of that storytelling really just got me excited to tell my own stories. Um, I didn't see a lot of people of color highlighted. I didn't see a lot of stories from multicultural backgrounds, people of color host. <laughs> just yeah. It was just such a lack of everything. And so I just decided, why not just throw my hat in the ring and see if we can do those same things. And so that's sort of, you know, that's the Cliff Notes version <laughs> of how we ended up here. But you know, but that's how I ended up starting ABF Creative, really just wanting to fill that void of multicultural content that I just wasn't seeing in the audio space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that opportunity came like after you had already finished one of your other businesses and you were kind of in a position of not really knowing what to do next. And so how did that, op like, how were you approached, first of all, to join this venture company? Venture capital? Uh, I, I bum rushed my way in. Uh, I wasn't invited initially, you know, I'm from Newark. I've been building a tech scene locally in Newark for a long time. Yeah. And when the announcement was made, I was like, yo, there's no way I'm not part of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just told myself like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be work either working with them as an investor or be, or as an entrepreneur residence. And so the investor thing wasn't really that appealing to me at the time. I'll be honest with you, but the entrepreneur residence thing was because at the time, you know, I was really following Tristan Walker's career very closely. And yeah. Tristan Walker was the entrepreneur residence at Andreessen Horowitz for a little while. Um, he then went on to start Bevel and then they sold yeah. to, I think, Procter & Gamble or something like that for, you know, I don't know how much, but, you know, he's good now. He's what, you know, he's living his life. Um, but he's a I really, really creative guy. Look into Tristan is. Walker, folks. Yep. He is. And, and, and I was really inspired by him. Like he was one of the people like I didn't, I mean, we spoke a few times. We spoke, you know, through Twitter DMs and Instagram DMs a few times. And we met each other a few times in person as well. Once when I was in Silicon Valley, uh, we got a chance to meet back when 2010. <laughs> so it was a while ago, like 2010, I got a chance to have a conversation with him. And um, then um, the second time was when, you know, me and um, my co-founder James interviewed him at one of our conferences. And so that was like maybe like three, four years later. So we had a, we had a few bumps, but it was one of those things where like, yo, here's this black guy who's doing great work and looks like me. 
and is into hip hop. And, you know, so I was just like, yo, I'm going to follow what he's doing. So if EIR led him to building this great, interesting company, then I want to do the same thing. So that's why I used the ERI. And I just, I, and when I was with New Adventure Partners, I would just say, hey, look, this is what I want to do. I feel like you guys have no foothold here. I feel like you don't know anybody in the community. I've been here building a community this whole time. Right. Almost like a, you know, we can help each other kind of proposition. And that's, yeah. and they went, they went with it. So. Yeah. And, you know, just the way that you positioned it as I have something to offer to the table. This is kind of what I've built over the years um, mm-hmm. is really interesting. Can you talk a little bit about, so that company, the conference I'm assuming that you're talking about is Tech 808. Yes. Uh, so you've tried a lot of different things and then you've also done some stuff in the gaming space. So how, looking back now, how have you connected the pieces of, of your own story, essentially? I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller at the end of the day, you know, so it doesn't surprise me that I'm doing ABF Creative and I'm telling stories with ABF Creative because that's all I've been doing. You know, when I was, a, you know, making a gaming company, I was telling stories with gaming when, mm-hmm. you know, when I created the Fat Startup, it was like, all right, how do we convince people of color that they can be in the tech industry and that they're innovators too. So we had to tell a story there, you know? Um, and now when I was with New Adventure Partners, you know, how do we tell a story of, you know, tech to a city like North New Jersey and how does that make sense? Then a storyteller there. And so now at ABF Creative, doing the same thing, um, except in the form of audio. So to me, how I weave together all of those different experiences is really just sticking to the theme of being a storyteller. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that takes a a certain level of self-awareness. And, you know, obviously you chose that major in school and you were kind of always aware that that was something that where your interests lied and you're good at it as well. And so I'm curious to know, okay, switching gears a little bit in this book. Right. You, there, there are a couple of things even before we hit record that you said you would, you know, change or your opinions <laughs> have changed throughout. Um, but you talked about mentoring a young uh, entrepreneur in this story, mm-hmm. and you shared some things that in the story about like what you would look out for when building a business is what you've learned, mm-hmm. insights that may, maybe others have to learn the hard way. And since publishing, like obviously we're six years later. What are right. like what are what are pieces or messaging that you would that you would add um, that has really enabled you, especially building ABF Creative? Mm. Pieces that I would add? Oh my goodness. I mean, really just, I think the mental health part of it was really just a big part for me, you know, because you could be doing all of these different things um, and you can be following everything I said to a T, but, but honestly, everybody needs help. Everybody needs that balance mentally, that, that, that assistance, you know, and I was able to go get a executive coach, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I speak with my executive coach like every, every week, you know, once a week, sometimes we skip a week if, you know, I'm busy or whatever, but for the most part, I make it my mission to have a conversation with him and really just get that, that, that assistance on that side. But then even on the therapy side, I need more of that. I was taking that at one point and I stopped, but you know, I need, I need that too. And so to me, that's just a really big thing that especially like black entrepreneurs in in particular, um, because we, we are playing a different game, 
you know, um, as much as you would like you, you know, there's some people I have conversations with and they just want to ignore that. And they just think that, oh, no, that doesn't matter, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it does matter. You know, we, you don't have to be bitter about it, but we are playing a different game from most other founders. We, we do have a taller wall to climb. We do have bigger barriers to break. And if you're a woman of color, you can double that, you know. And so these things, we need help sometimes, you know. We need that mental help to, to make it through those moments. And that's that's one piece that I think I would definitely add to that book. There's many. I can't think of them all off the top of my head. But, <laughs> but that's one, if I had to say that was one of That'd the most important, important, that one would stand out the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a level, I mean, even on this recent journey of myself, like moving to the U.S., so different from Canada, you know, I I thought it was going to go a certain way, right? Mm. Um, and this was my first time, like I've traveled a lot, but to live somewhere on your own and experience these these new things and start school and all of those other pieces, like you can't ignore yourself and how you need to take care and show up for yourself in those moments there's there's you talk a lot about being resourceful and especially you know when you were first starting out like how important it was to for you to get to where you wanted to go to just make the most of what you had in those particular you know phases in your life right um you talk a Mm -hmm. lot about this and then um, in your book, you mentioned something about corporations want to work with the people that on their own were able to get 1 million users or right. build an audience or generate buzz on their own. Like what, like, even if you want to put that lens of like being a black founder, um, what were some of the things that you had to do in the early days that weren't quote unquote, very marketable or things that people necessarily wanted to hear? I mean, just to, you know, doing things by hand, you know, like a lot of the marketing, I always used to wonder, and I still wonder this to this day, like when I see people get like a million hits here or this there, and I'm just like, well, how do I get that? I never really got bitter, but it was more about like, yo, how do I get better? You know, and how do I figure those things out? And honestly, in the beginning, sometimes it's just got to Sometimes you just got to stay up late <laughs> like, and put, put the work in. Like, it's really no, yeah. it's really shortcut. no way around it. Nah, it's no shortcut. It's no shortcut. And, you know, there was a book that I read called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And I think that put a lot of things in perspective for me. And it's exactly how I felt. Like, it's like, you can't really get in around a mountain. You just have to climb it. And that's just really how I kind of treated a lot of the things in my life because things weren't necessarily easy and they still aren't, you know? So when you see wins and you see me posting these wins or you see whatever, like there's a lot of energy that went behind that, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and a lot of teamwork, you know, it ain't even just me, you know, there's a lot of people putting in work right alongside me and, 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 and pushing me as well to, to become a greater version of myself as well. And so, um, these things are, these things are hard fought, you know, these wins are hard fought. And so, yeah, sometimes when it's time to market something, sometimes you got to copy and paste and go to every channel. Sometimes you got to send 3000 emails, cold emails, and each one got to be custom. Sometimes you gotta, you know, uh, copy paste, like I said before, like, it's just, it is what it is. And, you know, sometimes I feel like people who, who see that, um, especially on Instagram, on Twitter, social media, 
I think people underestimate the amount of work people put in oh, to get the results sure. that they do. Like, yeah. you know, think that they think it's so easy <laughs> because people are selling lifestyle and you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You know, people get on these platforms, they get on these podcasts and they start saying, oh yeah, I made a play and it was easy. Uh, and I did this and I, you know, went and got like three credit scores and all these different things. Like be careful, do your research, do your due diligence. Hey there. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you are enjoying the conversation, make sure to share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, spread the word. It really allows me to bring on more incredible guests as we continue to level up in the podcasting space. Yeah, that's really true. That's very true. And I think, you know, there's so many pieces in the background that aren't necessarily documented that are the reason why you were able to do, you know, certain things that you've done. And you talk, a, you talk a lot about resourcefulness, you talk a lot about consistency too. And specifically when you were talking about in your book, The Fat Startup, where you, you know, did events and you talked about how showing up at the same, you know, time every month, um, hosting <laughs> events consistent, consistently, like people knew where to find you essentially and knew that you were delivering really great um, experiences through these events. And that helped you kind of land bigger guests as well. And so kind of related to the last question around creating different opportunities and like putting in that work and being consistent, like what are some of the nuanced ways that you are able to land different opportunities? Because what you're doing is so different from what I'm seeing out there. And I'm wondering if there are like really simple things that uh, that you've done that other people can maybe do as they build their own companies or media platforms. Right. I mean, the biggest thing you can do is build a, build a, uh, build like powerful relationships. Like to me, um, there's really no getting around your network being your net worth. And I think sometimes people look at influencers as the people they need to connect with. And like some of the most influential people that have helped me get these things off the ground that I'm doing today they influences on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. Like, yo, find key people at companies, send emails and talk to them. Say, hey, can I get you online for a 15 minute chat on Zoom or a phone call? Um, I got some questions. I would love, you know, for your answer. Is everybody going to say yes? No. <laughs> Most people are going to say no, but you know, it's just like sales. Sales is a probability game. You know, if you send 100 emails, maybe 50 will respond. And then maybe 20 would actually get you on the phone. And then maybe five would actually say yes uh, to whatever you have or whatever request you may have. And so you increase your, the probability of you getting, you know, you're growing your network is increased exponentially. Um, you know, the more, the more swings you take at bat. And so for me, whatever industry you want to get into, for me, audio, I went and I contacted a whole bunch of people in the audio industry, you know, pop people who had podcast um, companies, people who yeah. were running children's podcast, media companies, people who running advertising agencies, all of those different things. I went and contacted all of them and really was just like, all right, well, can I get you on the phone? Some people say yes. Some people say no. But for the most part, I was able to really gain a lot of knowledge, and, you know, doing that kind of research. So my advice to anybody is, you know, when you're jumping into a new industry, just 
treat it like a treat it like you're trying to sell something and just contact as many people try to build as many authentic relationships as possible mm-hmm. yeah were there ever m- moments where because you know abf creative as you mentioned in some other conversations didn't start off as a podcast network company like a network company you started off doing other things more like marketing stuff for different organizations um yeah <laughs> is, that, is that true yeah, we still do that. So when we first when we first started, I knew it was going to be tough to make money from podcasts because most most podcasters, when you think about it, are people in their basement or in their room or wherever they can rent out a conference room, and they're they're doing this as a labor and love. You know what I'm saying? Like this is something that they love to do, yeah. something that they're passionate about, and most of the time when you're doing that. There's not really a lot of money involved unless you get extremely lucky, Um, you know? And so for us, for me personally, I was just like, all right, you know, I'm not even going to start making my own podcast when I get into this. I'm just going to make shit for other people. And so the first podcast we ever made was called uh, VC Cheat Sheet. And it was like um, venture venture capital cheat sheet. Yeah. Since I was already in the tech industry, I was like, okay, yeah. well, we'll we'll get Rutgers. Rutgers paid us like, and wasn't the university itself? It was like a small department <laughs> in Rutgers, and they were like, well, we got four thousand dollar budget. What can you do with it? <laughs> so we were like, all right, cool. Like, let us make a venture capital podcast for you. And so we took that money. I literally just recorded interviews with a, we, we got someone to host it from their department um, and just set up interviews with VCs. That was it. That was my first podcast and they paid us $4,000 to do it. Um, and we gave them like 12 solid episodes. We took that. I, I used the, the, I used our experience now that we like, Oh yeah, we do this now. And so I went to Prudential, which is an insurance company in the same city as me. Um, you know, same city as Rutgers. Rutgers is right right here. Yeah. Um, went to someone for Prudential and said, hey, look what we did with Rutgers. We can do something with you guys. And they were like, oh, okay. And then they sent us, they gave us a budget. Uh, and it was the highest, but we didn't believe it. We was like, wow, they're about to give us all this money. So they gave us $14,000. And uh-huh. to, to us, that was like, oh, like, yo, we made it. We made it. And then we didn't make it because like the host that we got, he was an influencer. He was like, yo, I need half that budget. <laughs> so we were like, all right, you know, you could put two and two together. You can go find out who the host was, but the host took half that budget, you know, and, you know, to him, he's like, look, I got almost, I got 300,000 followers on Instagram. Like I'm, I'm promoting, I'm literally the reason why the, anybody's going to know why this show exists. And we really didn't have any argument against that, but we were just like, all right, we'll do it anyway because the experience, yeah. we knew we were going to get like a good experience. And it was still, even, even though we had half the money, it was still more money than we've ever received. Yeah. Even with that. So we were excited about it. You know, we took it and we flipped it and then used that experience to do other stuff. So it, it, it really just, it, we were able to build our reputation Mm-hmm. in the industry simply because we were building podcasts for other people and we we learned a lot too so then we were able to kind of apply that to what we wanted to do on our own so mm. 
Yeah. And sometimes you don't know what those next five things are, but you trusted that the next thing that you're going to do is going to lead you closer, that you're going to learn a lot, that you're going to meet people, build your, you know, your reservoir of just work, you know, um, yeah. that you could, I mean, it, so. it costs money. Like it, it'd be, I'll be honest, you know, there was a part, it was a point in time where we had nothing in the bank. You know, because we were we were in a negative, you know, I put so much work into building that, that we had nothing, we had nothing left. And even for one of the podcast guests that we had, I won't say who, but, you know, it was someone I had a close relationship with. And this person wanted to charge me. And so they they charged me money, you know, and they were like, you know, and I had we had no more money in the budget. So I had to literally come out of my own pocket. So People don't know, man. Like they look at these wins, they look at everything going on. <laughs> like I was, I was, we was hurting <laughs> at one point, hurting to get this dream off the ground, but it, it all worked out. Yeah, I can imagine how challenging, and even like you just have different problems now, right? Like, um, but I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your faith and like how important God is on this journey that you're, that you're going on and just in terms of living life in general, um, staying focused on what your bigger picture and your vision is and how you want to really impact people's lives as well through the work you're doing. Um, I mean, I think it's a big part for me because I think, you know, like I said, mentioned earlier, there's a lot of hardship involved with building a business and, there's a lot of um, struggle. And for me, coming back, like religion played a big part. Like my relationship with God played a big part for me. I found like this group of men who meet like every Friday. And it's like a small, like a small group, you know, usually when you go to the church, you know, they have the, the large church, the large congregation. But then I found like this small group where it was, and it was a men's group. And it was really just them coming together every Friday, praying, you know, um, talking about each other's problems and, and, and issues. And, and the group had like really big entrepreneurs in there. Like, you know, people who have built like agencies making six figures on a regular, on a month kind of thing. And, but they had these issues, they had these problems. And for me, I'm just like, really? Like, that's like, you know, but it, but the group was so helpful to me because it helped me to bring, it helped me to really get a closer relationship to God, but then to fellowship around other people mm-hmm. who are just like me, mm-hmm. who who felt that way, really changed my perspective on everything. It really did. And so it was, I would say that's a real, it, played, it plays a huge part in everything I'm doing today. And it makes me want to make a really good business that just, that, that brings a lot of positivity to the world. Yeah. Like positive transformation is a big part of everything that we produce. So mm-hmm. anything that comes out of ABF Creative, it has to enlighten you either spiritually, mentally, you know, emotionally. Yeah. And so that's the reason why, you know, we, we're doing things that, that are for multicultural children. Like we just released Charm Words, which is a yeah. affirmations podcast. We have African folk tales. We have something being announced February 1st, um, The Adventures of Cairo, which is a a wondery podcast that we're doing a collaboration with with them on and you're getting that first i guess because i ain't speak to nobody about that but that's coming out by the time this is out that'll be out so that's the reason why i don't mind saying that yeah you know that's a really big deal for us and it's, it's all about positivity it's all about looking at black stories in a positive light bringing positive transformation to people and that's something that 
I think my faith really plays a huge part in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to bring up Charm Words because this is like one of the most recent podcasts that you've come up with. I listen to it. My partner is in, works in like education, education policy and works with kids and uh, does a lot of the stuff that around African folktales and af- affirming children, especially young Black and Latino girls and boys about their power and really introducing different things into the classroom. And so I showed him Charm Words and he was really impressed. So thank you for producing the content that you do. It's really informative. Um, and yeah. that positive transformation piece is really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We, we're already seeing it. Like I've, I posted like one review that we had on Twitter and and Instagram and it just because it just really it really was everything that we were trying to do and and this mom was like oh this is so quick it was like three minutes and my son who's always negative was asking me like when are we gonna do it when are we gonna do our charm words this morning so I got super excited reading that we get a lot of reviews now on charm words and so we we put it on the app insight timer which is a meditation app um and so we're looking for always looking for unique ways to really present this content it's not all about just apple Podcasts. it's not always just about you know just the typical places you put things sometimes if it fits it fits you know Mm -hmm. we're really excited about that we got other stuff we want to do too but charm words really let us know that there's an opportunity for that so it opened up a new door in our imagination on what's possible so Um, At the top of the episode, I mentioned something about you reaching very specific audiences. Mm -hmm. Multicultural content, how much spending power, Black, African-American, let's just speak about the the U.S. Yeah, three trillion. There's a lot of money to be made here and not enough attention. And, Mm. you know, it's good for people like for people like you who are really focused on um, creating opportunities in this space, business opportunities. I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit. I wanted to talk about Veritonic and, you know, the, Uh. this tool, this audio intelligence technology that you discovered to really kind of, in my mind, take ABF to a different level in terms of the tech that you have. Um, And then also speak about like, what you're seeing in this space in podcasting and and doing it from the perspective that you're doing it. Right. I mean, so I'll speak on that second part first, you know, when you, when you think about all entertainment, you think about film, you think about movies and and music, black people of color over indexing in all of those things. Like we are consuming entertainment at, rapid rates you know that's and not only do we consume it we talk about it so after we're done watching it or after we're done listening to it we're going to twitter we're going everywhere we're going to tiktok and we're going to discuss that thing like yo this was crazy we're going to make memes about it we're going to do skits like i just was on um my my fiance was showing me a whole bunch of like skits that was like people re reenacting scenes from power the most recent episode of power so that's that's the kind of people that we are we do things like that we love the, our content especially content that we see ourselves in yeah um podcasts the opportunity is still there for us because we just don't see ourselves enough in that yeah we're having conversations like you've seen the controversy where a bunch of dudes get in a circle and talk bad and disrespect black women you know yeah. that's not that's not all podcasts that's sort of becoming a story lately <laughs> but that's not that's not part podcasting is storytelling and we have yet to see black narrative storytelling in abundance yet yeah does it exist definitely 
but we have yet to see it in abundance yet. We're going to start to see that very soon. Issa Rae just signed a deal with Audible like two days ago where she's going to be releasing more narrative podcasts. And by the way, a lot of people don't know Issa Rae was a pioneer in narrative podcast storytelling. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. She was one of the first kind of black companies to really put out um, a fictional-based narrative storytelling, you know, fictional-based narrative podcast. Nobody really even knew that. You know, and so she's jumping back into the field now, um, mm, putting cool. out more stories. There's so much that's about to come out in audio storytelling. And so once the same way, you know, people of color over index in all of those categories, podcasting is inevitable. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. <laughs> and so ABF Creative, I believe that we're well positioned to ride that wave, you know, our surfboards is already created, you know, we're right. just waiting for the wave to come along and we'll ride it to the top, you know, so uh, we're here, we're ready for it. But to answer your first question, the second, the first question about the Veritonic um, partnership, Veritonic is an audio intelligence company. I met them because they're also a portfolio company of Newark Venture Partners. Um, and so wait, there's there's a lot happening in Newark, and there's a lot right. happening. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you're in that space. And um, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Nah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was just a coincidence. Yeah, like there's a lot happening. They funded a few audio companies, um, but yeah, Veritonic was one of them. And you know, Veritonic really what they're made for is ads. So they help brands like Subway and Gatorade and a bunch of others create audio ads that run not just on podcasts, but radio. And so the whole purpose mm. of Veritonic is to use their predictive analysis to kind of predict, okay, how would audiences respond? How would the potential audience for this ad respond? Would they respond? Would it, would it help them retain memory? Would it be memorable for them? Would they like it? Would the music be interesting to them, et cetera? Like all these different touch points. Um, and they can run that through this machine learning algorithm that they've created um mm -hmm. and it's and it's genius and so what our partnership is we have access to that same technology that advertisers and marketers do and so instead of using it cool. to create an ad we'll use that same technology to then determine is this a good host for this podcast That's you so know cool. is this a good you know is the music really connecting potentially with the audience we're trying to reach etc so we're still figuring out more ways to partner with veritonic you know at, a, at the ground level we're really you know taking advantage of the predictive analysis but there are more ways that we look to partner with veritonic and more things that we look to do with them and so i would say definitely be on the lookout for the rest of 2022 and what we'll be doing with veritonic for sure that's really cool. I I have two more questions before we wrap up the episode. This is really you're, you're you have very different perspectives, um, and I really like the way that you're approaching business building and just the way that you see the podcast space. I'm curious to know, like, what are some things that you're maybe not necessarily in your space that you're really curious about um, mm. and have always been fascinated by. It doesn't have to be in podcasting. I'm really fascinated by the video game space, the gaming space. You know, I've always been. That was my first, you know, company. It was a gaming-based company. 
I'm very fascinated. Like, if I'm not working on podcasts, I'm definitely reading the video game forums. I'm very much into like the news and the business side of interactive entertainment. Microsoft just spent seventy billion on Activision. Yeah, yeah. So like that—that was news to me. To me, that was like President Biden doing something crazy. Like to me, like that was my news. Like I was like, nobody else is talking about this. Like this is crazy. Like you know, for me, that was wild. So like I'm very much into that. I'm I'm very much into the wellness space, wellness content. You know, meditation content. That's why I'm so excited about Charm Words and its potential yeah. because it it's not it, it really merges into a world that I was just genuinely interested in. And, and really had a lot of excitement for where that space was going. So like Charm Words gave me a little bit of uh, a, a moment to merge passions is kind of seeing like, oh, wow, now I could, you know, contribute and do some cool stuff in this space, just like I've been seeing for a while now. So that genuinely excites me. And then also just the entertainment industry in general, like I'm just I'm just a fan of movies and television and, and the entertainment industry as a whole. Like, I just Mm -hmm. love reading the news. One of my big dreams is definitely to be a producer of all entertainment, not just audio, but film, television. And so, like, audio is, like, a way for me, I guess this is my gateway, you know, into those different worlds, you know. Uh, The deals that we're signing today and the IPs that we're creating today could become television shows, could become movies. And so that's that's why I feel like I'm really back in my first love, storytelling, Mm -hmm. you know, and... It's full circle for me personally, you know, it's definitely full circle. It really is like an experience on the ears. Like I don't remember exactly the words that you used on a different conversation, but um, <laughs> movies for the ears or something. Movies like that. for the ears. Yeah, it was, it was very nice to, <laughs> to hear that. Okay, the way that I would love to kind of wrap this conversation up again, chapter from your book called Just Add Water. Do you remember this chapter? <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, it's my favorite had, chapter. Is that your favorite chapter? Okay. Most definitely. I didn't know that. But I really liked it because you kind of talked about how doing whatever it takes to creatively like make your dreams real and how people tend to like throw away things that are good, but maybe at that particular moment they think, okay, this is not going to work for me. So you know, people who think that they don't have the right ingredients. So can you, I'm curious to know, early days, ABF Creative, were there moments where you maybe didn't see a path forward or really wanted to quit and throw in the towel? And like, and I ask this because what you mentioned before, like we don't have as outsiders privilege into seeing like what the day-to-day looks like, right? So did you have those moments? Do you still have those moments? And how do you see the bigger picture? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> what? All the time. The moments always pop up. Yeah, you know? like it's it's really just I remember I remember when I first started ABF Creative and I I had this vision. I was like, oh shit, like we can make we can make podcasts or become movies. And I was like the best way for me to do that is to partner with a company. So I went to this big talent agency. I won't say who they are because we're signed to them now, but there you go. I just released it. <laughs> but I remember going to this big talent agency and the woman, she's not there anymore. The woman who I spoke to, she was like this black woman who was like a big deal there. 
And I went to her, I was like, listen, she got, she was like, all right, I jump on the phone with you. And I got so excited. She was, she, 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 she was like, yeah, I'll jump on the phone with you. I hear what you, what you're going to pitch me. I was like, yeah, well, we make podcasts and I feel, you know, we can make podcast stories that could become movies, et cetera. She was like, oh, I don't see anything about this. Like, this isn't going to be anything. I don't really see it. I don't see the vision. And then like the call just kind of ended not negative like she was just like good luck <laughs> basically <laughs> like good luck on everything you doing right but it was so funny to see that every major talent agency now has an audio division right like this ain't even like two years later it's like a year and a half later wow. every major every major one william wme ICM, CAA, every major one has an audio division. And then the advertising agencies has the same thing. I remember I got on the phone with an advertising agency, a huge one. And he was like, yeah, I like what you're doing, but eh, I don't really see that. I don't really see a future in this. And he was like, good luck. Uh-huh. Same way she said it, good luck. <laughs> And then, you know, now now that same agency I spoke to had an audio division. They put out there, I remember seeing the news release. Oh, blah, 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 releases their first podcast. I'm like, what? Wow. I was just on the phone with y'all trying to pitch, <laughs> pitch us to do a podcast. Now, it's crazy. And then it just hurts. It hurt for me to see, and I'm just being so vulnerable. It really hurt for me to see a lot of the ideas that I was coming up with other people just executing on them like way quicker than me mm. um you know because i had these things in my head but it just wasn't to my time because i didn't have the resources i didn't have the people i didn't have the, the the talent i didn't have the the like there was so many things i didn't have and like there's just like the story and just add water i was like all right we're just gonna make do what we have you know like yeah whatever we'll we'll make it work and even when I started the podcast company, you know, and, and eventually we got to a point where now I'm doing all the things I wish I was doing. So all those things, you know, the end to put a cap on that, all those things I was like, oh, everybody's doing it before me. I'm now at a point where I'm doing it now. And now, if, you know, but, but I don't regret everything that I had to do, go through to get mm-hmm. to this point. Um, and I wasn't ready yet. And I think sometimes people, they don't understand that you can't, it's the ego won't let you swallow that pill sometimes. But at that moment, if I look back at where I was in my career, mentally, where my company was, we weren't ready for any of those opportunities. Mm. We're ready now and we're getting those opportunities now, but then back when I wanted them, we just weren't ready. And a really good Just Add Water, I would say, story about how we even started ABF Creative is I didn't have any money, you know, and um, I didn't have any equipment. So I emailed a company called Tascam, which is a company that makes, you know, recorders, turntables, all these different things. And I, and I found the marketing guy there and I said, hey, um, I'm starting this multicultural podcast firm would love for you guys to be a sponsor etc because i was like maybe i could just use some of the sponsorship skills i learned from when i was doing the fast startup and tech eight away and the guy was like um nah we're not really doing that but what's your address i'll send you some products and so he sends me their fill recorder 
which is called the the MK3. It's a, it's like one of their top field recorders. That was the that was the first mic I ever had to build this company. And I built the entire wow. company off that mic that I got wow. for free. I didn't have equipment. A lot of people like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. We ain't had none of that. I literally had this field recorder with no mic. And I would just go, when we do the interviews, I would sit the field recorder on the table and have the host interview the person. That was it. We didn't have anything. So people always, oh, how did you do this? How did you do that? And now we're to the point where like, we have, you know, as much equipment as we as we need, as we want. We started with nothing, like literally. <laughs> like, like literally, I started with nothing. And and that wasn't even that long ago. That was 2019. So, you know, just add water. If you don't have those things, you don't have those, you know, sometimes you don't have milk, but you got use the other ingredients, make it happen. And yeah. and we got paid for that first. I would say that first podcast may pay for itself. And this latest podcast, the first podcast, I'll, I'll reveal like the first podcast, we got paid $4,000. The most, the latest one we did, we got paid a quarter million. That's how, and that's how you can go from one point to another, you know? Right. So just add water, yo. That's it. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for, for being here. Thank you for sharing more about your story as well. You know what's crazy? We we met at BYOB in 2019 in a line as we were checking out of the hotel. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> is, that. Which is so funny. Um, I remember that. Yeah, and I, I remember, remember seeing that. you. I remember seeing you on stage, and I was like, "Oh, is this the guy that was talking?" Uh, you know, a couple, you know, the day prior <laughs> to, and and then I just stayed in contact with you. I think I like send you updates as to what I'm working on. You know, I really, really admire that you and the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for for being on the power of why. Thank you to everyone. We got to do a part two, yo. We got to do a part two. I'm yeah, done. we'll make that happen. We'll make it happen. Thank you everyone for for listening to this episode of the power of why. We will catch you in the next one. This was an episode of The Power of Why. You can find the show notes at powerofwhy.co. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. 